Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more info, you can check us out on Facebook at Life Church of Columbia. Hey Amen. I'm well aware that there's all types that are here today, and some of you are here because it's Sunday. Some of you worship in God because you love God. But I have felt it for the last week and carried your burden that there are some here today that is here out of desperation. Um, uh, uh, Desperation. Some of us was worshiping from a platform of comfort and ease and everything's kind of going my way right now. But some of you worshiped out of a need, a need to be touched by God before you leave here today. Uh, I have carried that burden all this week in here in prayer for you, and I I just, today, I I just really have prayed that I could be, my title is the anchor holds, that I could just be the second mate on this ship we're all on together, because Jesus is the captain of this ship. And today, I just want to be that second mate that's speaking into your spirit before you leave here today. And I have prayed and sought the face of God that you leave here with your faith encouraged and strengthened. Uh, you know, uh, in the book of Timothy, I think I gave you that scripture. There's a couple of scriptures, not in my message, but I believe this is where some of you are. Paul said, so was telling Timothy, I char- this charge I commit unto you, my son Timothy, according to the prophecy that went forth on you, that by them you wore a good warfare. Some of you are in warfare, and I believe he gives us the ingredients of that warfare in the next one. Holding on to faith and a good conscience. I believe some of you are having to take the words that you have heard, words that you have received, uh, and you're at war right now. Amen. Anybody this time? Everybody's not at war. Amen. Thank God some of us are in times of peace. Some of us in times of gathering the spoil. But some of you are in a fight for your life. And you're fighting to hold on to your faith. Oh, you're going to be able to say nothing today, but I, I'm going to help you before you leave here. Not only to hold on to my faith, I'm having to war to hold on to a good conscience. Does anybody ever, ever get to the state to where there is no way you could say what you're thinking? Oh, I see you. I see you. There's no way you would say what you're thinking, and I'm glad you I'm glad you don't. Because what you're thinking, amen, is challenging God. Uh, I told you I ain't gonna talk to everybody. I'm gonna talk to some of us today. Ch- questioning God. Amen. And what's going through your mind? And, and the minute you're in such a warfare that you begin to question God, then it injures your conscience. And then it's hard to even come to God because your conscience is telling you, you ain't worthy of God. Oh, but God's been talking to me about you this week. And I believe you're going to leave here renewed. Amen. A lot of people, the Bible says, have put away their good conscience and have made shipwreck of their faith. I'm going to teach you today, it's not a shame to wreck the ship. As long as you don't shipwreck your faith. I'm also going to teach you today, you can, you're, you're, you can shipwreck the ship and not shipwreck your faith. You can lose some things in the natural, but not lose your faith. 
And some of you, the devil's accusing you of losing your faith. And the fact that you're in the fight is the proof you ain't lost your faith. Oh, I'm coming after you today. I said the fact you ain't give up and throw in the towel. And you said, but you don't understand, Pastor. I threw it in my mind. I, oh, I done threw it in, in my mind. Yeah, but you have not threw in the towel in your spirit. You're still there. Ship sinking, sinking, but my faith is holding strong. Shake your neighbor right now and tell him the anchor holds. I love you, Lindsay. And that's, that ain't your daughter, I know. That's a grown young woman you have brought with you this morning. Oh, my Lord Jesus. I got some scriptures for you this morning. And my first set of scriptures is going to come out of the book of Hebrews. And, and it's such a complex set of scriptures that they're so hard to unwrap. The King James Version is not a good translation of it. I'm going to do what I never do, and I'm going to take this one passage out of a different translation. And the writer says, so I'm going to have to read it off the screen because I have King James Version Bible in front of it. It says, but we long to see you passionately advance until the end, and you find your hope fulfilled. Somebody say, hold on till you see it. Hold on till it's fulfilled. So don't allow your hearts to grow dull or lose your enthusiasm. But follow the example of those. Thank God for examples when I can't see clearly. Follow the example of those who fully receive what God has promised because of their strong faith and, somebody read it with me, patient endurance. Hang in there. Hang in there. Now, when God made a promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater than himself, he swore on an oath. He swore an oath on his own integrity to keep the promise as sure as God exists. So he said, have no doubt, I promise to bless you over and over and give you a son, he's talking to Abraham here, and multiply you without measure. So Abraham waited patiently in faith. And somebody say, he waited patiently. He endured. Sometimes it takes a while. I said sometimes it takes a minute. Don't throw in the towel before you get your promise. Abraham waited patiently in faith and succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. Now it is very common for people to swear an oath by someone greater than themselves. For when they say, I swear... The oath will confirm their statements and end the dispute or the worrying in their mind. So in the same way, God wanted to end all doubt and confirm it even more forcefully to those who would inherit his promise. His purpose was unchangeable. So God added the vow to the promise. God raised his right hand and said, I, I swear. If my promise is not enough, I swear 
I'm going to bring you out of this thing. I swear I'm going to make a way. So it is impossible for God to lie. For we know that his promise and his vow cannot change. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort. Are y'all with me reading the Bible today? We find his comfort for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time. An unshakable hope. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable. Come on, somebody. Y'all see my anchors up here? We have hope, which is like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Somebody say, I'm anchored to God. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat which sits in the heavenly realm. Beyond the sacred threshold, our anchor goes beyond the veil into where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone in before us. He is now and forever our royal priest like Melchizedek. Go with me now to the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter number 27, verse number 13. David said, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I love the, the Hebrew language and I thought it was awesome that the word wait here actually means to bind yourself to. It, it actually means to twist yourself up with. So when he's saying wait on the Lord, he's saying tie yourself to God. Anchor yourself to God. Some of you are in storms right now and it is so unstable that the only thing stable you can bind yourself to right now is God. Oh, that's the world we're living in right now. Oh, we got to go to the book of Acts. Go with me to the book of Acts. Chapter number 27. Now, it's quite a bit of scripture, but it's an amazing story that I got to get in your spirit. So go with me. You got to understand that God, uh, Paul is a prisoner. And um, God spoke to him. He was in one city. And God spoke to him and said, you've been a witness to me in Jerusalem. But I need you to be a witness for me in Rome. So the prophetic word is, Paul, I'm about to send you to Rome. So they start putting Paul on ships for this long voyage. And I want you to follow me with the trouble that Paul finds. Number 13 says, And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, there rose against it a tempestuous wind called the Eurylock. Yeah. Eurycladon. 
Amen. Somebody say this is a bad one. They don't name them unless they're bad. Amen. Uh, and this tempestuous wind means to blow or dash or to seize over. It's typhonic wind. It's like a typhoon or a cyclone. We're not talking about uh, uh, something minor here. We're talking about you're going through something major. Paul is going through something major. He said, uh, not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called the Eurachlodon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat. And when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the sheep. Uh, the shield. Men undergirding means men were out in the water in the storm because they couldn't make it to land and they're running cables under the shield to hold this thing together to be able to endure this storm. 17. And when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into to the quicksands, they struck sail and so were driven. Are y'all with me yet? Can y'all see this storm? I need you to get in this passage of scripture. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest. The next day they begin to lighten the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared. No small tempest lay on us. All hope that we would be saved was taken away. Have you ever been in a storm so bad that the storm itself took what little hope you had? But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sir, you should have listened to me and not loosed from Crete, and you would not have gained this harm and loss. Paul remembers a prisoner on this ship talking to soldiers holding these men captive. And now I, this is a prison ship. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but we're going to lose this ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given thee all them that sails with you. So be of good cheer, for I believe God. Can somebody say that with me? Can somebody say that with me? I believe God, comma. No, I need you to say it. Uh, some of you, your mind ain't believing it, but I need your mouth to say it because faith comes by hearing. And I just need you to say it with me one more time. I believe God. I know what the circumstances are saying, but I, I just want y'all to know I, I believe God. I don't know about y'all, but it's helping me every time I say it. I believe God. I, I need the devil to hear me say it right now. More than, the, more than the devil, I need me to hear me say it right now. Yes, 
And the devil is accusing you right now saying, that ain't what you were saying yesterday, but yesterday was yesterday, and today is the day. So I need somebody to say, I believe God. I just told you we're going to lose the ship, but I Oh, y'all better pray me through this. And Mark, you praying for me? Pray, son. I'm going to see you praying in the Holy Ghost back there. Comma. That it shall be just like he said. I can't even. I'm just going to read scripture, sit down, and go to the house. Oh, y'all got to catch this part. For I believe God that it shall be just like he told me, somebody read the first word of the next scripture. That's first King James Josh has ever spoke. How be it? However, that's my preacher voice. However, we must be cast on a certain island. Amen. I believe. We're going to make it fluky. But just so you'll know, we're about to be cast. And the word cast means to be drawn off course or to be inefficient. Amen. We're going to make it to where we're going, but I'm telling you, you're about to go through a season to where you're totally off course and thank God has forgot where you at. You're about to go through a season where you're going to feel inefficient. But remember the words of this apostle. He said, we're going to make it however you're about to be cast on a certain island. Oh, I just love that word certain because the word certain means already established and true. What they think caught God off guard. Oh, my God. What they think, the Eurachlodon that caught God off guard, God has done determined. I got a certain island you're going to end up on. I believe it was on this island when Paul wrote, all things work together for the Oh, can anybody say it? I know you've lost the ship. I know the ship has sunk. But Paul said, all things. Somebody shout all things. All things, uh, the loss of the job, the loss of the money, the loss of the relationship, the loss of the, all things. Oh, y'all going to have to overlook me today. Work together for the good. I couldn't see it at the time, my brothers and sisters. But Paul had a word from God. I'm telling you, I have prayed for you. I have carried your burden this week. I carried it into this pulpit today. Are you listening to me? I'm holding you up right now. Amen. In my spirit and with my faith. And before you leave here today, you're going to leave here with your faith revived. Woo! And we got visitors here today. I'm sorry, y'all. Come back next week, I might be normal. And Life Church said, not happening. I done crossed the line. We come up with a new song today. However.
However, we must, somebody shout must. I can't get over every little word. I must be. It ain't what I wanted. It wasn't in the plan. It wasn't in my GPS. <laughs> oh, no, who am I talking to? I'm already preaching, amen. It wasn't in my GPS. I had no idea this was coming, but it is a must in my life. I don't understand why I'm paddling out here with a sinking ship, but it's a must in my life. I don't understand, but I trust. I don't understand, but I trust. I must go this way. I must. I must. I must be thrown off course. Lindsay, why are you laughing at me? <laughs> she said, yeah, he's crazy. However, we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the 14th night was come, as we were driven up and down. Up and down. Making progress, getting knocked back. Making some progress. Oh, God is going to make a way. And boom, I'm getting knocked back. We were driven up and down in Adria. In, in, in Adria and about midnight, the shipmen deemed they were near to some country. We don't know where we're at, but we, uh, our skill is telling us we're near some place. I don't even know where I am. So they sounded, which means they dropped a piece of metal on a rope and dropped it down to see how deep it was. And they sounded and found it was 120 feet. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found that it was 90 feet. So they knew they were headed for destruction. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks, they, they said drop the anchor. They cast four anchors out of the stern and prayed for some daylight. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, they said, we're abandoning this thing. And they were about to let down the skiffs into the sea under color. They didn't want nobody to know, so they made it look like they would cast anchors out of the foreship. But Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in this ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the little skiffs and let them fall. And when the day was coming on, Paul beseeched them all to take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that you have tarried, and you have continued fasting, and you have taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you, take some food, for this is for your health. For there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken... He took bread and he gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then they were all of good cheer and they also took some meat. And we were, in, we were all in the ship, about 276 people. And when they had eaten enough, they lighted the ship and cast out the food now into the sea. And when it was day, they, did, they knew not the land. But they discovered a certain creek with a shore into which they were minded if it were possible to thrust in the ship. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves to the sea and they loosed the rudder bands. They hossed up the mainsail to the wind and they made towards shore. Are y'all in this storm with us? Uh, you feel, you taste the sea salt water in your mouth? 
And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground. And the forefront of that huge ship stuck in the mud, in the sand. And it remained unmovable. But the hinder part was being broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers said, oh my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? He said, let's kill all the prisoners. Lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion willing to save Paul kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to the land. And the rest, some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped safe to land. Let's go down in 28 just, just to show you what Paul was going through. Now they've made it to the bank and they're all alive. And when uh, verse 1 says, And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, which means they was very kind to us. For they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on a fire... There came a snake out of the heat and bit him. Look to your neighbor and tell him, if it ain't one thing. <laughs> Come on, somebody help me. If it ain't one thing, it's another. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hanging on his hand, they said amongst themselves, no doubt, this man's a murderer, whom the, he has, though he has escaped the sea, yet vengeance will not allow him to live. And he did what? He shook off the beast. I like that word. Maybe y'all need to practice right now. Come on, help me. Come on, some of you have been bit. Some things don't just fall off. <laughs> some things don't just fall off. You got to shake it off. Where was that? And he shook off the beast in the fire and what? Felt no harm. However, they looked when he should have swollen. He should have swollen. This should have affected him. Or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and they saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds. And they said he was a god. Now in the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island whose name was Publius and received us and lodged us for three days courteously. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. 
So when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed. Who also honored us with many honors. And when we departed, they laded us, ladded us with such things as were necessary. Verse number 11, it's important. And after three months, we departed in a ship of Alexandria, which had wintered in that island, whose sign was Castor and Pollux. Hmm, what a coincidence that another ship stopped at that island and was waiting on them. Have you ever noticed, give me a few minutes, about 90 of them. Have you ever noticed that Jesus taught constantly in parables? In other words, when you're teaching something so big and so deep and so spiritual, it's hard for our natural minds to wrap around it. So Jesus was constantly saying, the kingdom of heaven is like. He was constantly preaching parables. Remember, he preached, and there's many of them, but you remember, he said the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. And it's the smallest in the entire garden. But when it's planted and it begins to grow, it becomes the largest tree in the garden, and birds can come from everywhere and find shelter. He's given us revelation of the kingdom of God, how little it starts in our heart and our spirit, and it just continues to grow and to grow and to grow. Another one he said, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. One little handful of yeast. He said, this is what the kingdom is like. He said, it's like uh, a woman takes one little handful of yeast, uh, yeast and puts it in the dough, and she just mixes it all in there. It's kind of subtle. It don't come flamboyant. It don't come making a whole lot of noise. But it's so influential that wherever she puts the yeast, it causes the whole lump to rise. He said that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Another place he said the kingdom of heaven is like a net. It's like a net that when the fishermen cast the net into the sea, it just catches everything. And draws them into the boat. And then God gets to sort the fish out. And so Jesus was constantly using parables to help you and I understand something that was so much bigger than us. And then I found Paul doing the same thing. When he started talking about faith. He said faith is so mystical. It's so big, it's so multifaceted that it's hard just to teach what faith is. So in the book of Hebrews, Paul said, faith is like an anchor. And then all of a sudden, he's got me. Amen. Okay, now you're giving me a parable that I can relate to. He said, your hope is like an anchor to your soul. And I have a, these anchors come off my boat. I have a pontoon boat. And me and Patty will be where we want to be, and we'll be fishing. And all of a sudden, subtly, 
without us knowing it, we look around and we're not where we're supposed to be. We, we, we wasn't paying attention. We was catching fish. We, we've done that. Remember, we've caught some fish. And we were being productive. Amen. But we didn't realize. Amen. Because we weren't paying attention that all of a sudden we lost our productivity and we look up and we're in a whole different area of the lake. Amen. So we would have to, and, and all the time I had in my boat what I needed to hold me steady. Oh, I, I hope y'all can help me today. I had in my boat what I needed, but I said, we'll be all right. And we just fishing. We just fishing. Amen. So I had to go back to where we was, and I had to pull out something I didn't think I needed. I had to pull out something that sometimes I don't need. Amen. But it's always on my boat. And so uh, I, I, I took that anchor. Amen. So what we did the other day in the river. There was a current that was constantly pushing against us. But these boys wanted to swim in the middle of the river. So we had to go out to the middle of the river where there was a current pushing us wherever it wanted to go. And these boys pulled my anchors out and they dropped the anchor. And what's amazing about the anchor is we're in an unstable environment up here. But that anchor can reach all the way into an unseen realm. Oh, let me get over here. I, I hear a little response. Somebody going to help me over here. I couldn't reach it. Katie couldn't reach it. Cooper, Eli, we couldn't reach it. But thank God I had something in the boat. Somebody. That I could drop into a realm that I could not see. And now, my God, my Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. We could have allowed the current to push us anywhere it wanted to go, but we decided to take out our anchor and drop it into the realm of the unseen. And what I had in my boat, God help me to preach, what I had in my boat reached into a realm I could not see and it attached itself to something I could not see. But we swam and we swam and we swam. But Paul said, your hope is your anchor. Sometimes I don't need that anchor. I just need it with me. Sometimes it's just good in my boat. Amen. Sometimes I'm moving right along. I'm going with the flow. Amen. Everything's hunky-dory. If that's you, you ought to be shouting me down right now. Amen. And I could just leave that thing put away. But sometimes I find myself in a situation where I am being blown off course. I am being cast into a certain island. So I got to reach way tail deep. And I got to pull out the hope that is in me. And I got to start reaching for another because you see, because you see, we have to navigate two worlds. Amen. We have to navigate, Georgie, two realms. 
One realm, one part of me is natural. And the other part of me is spiritual. And my natural realm is governed by what it can see. Am I talking to anybody yet? What I can hear, what I can smell, what I can taste. Amen. And it's always up and down. Oh, it may be up a little bit, and I got joy, and I'm happy, and I got peace, uh, but just hang around a little while, because sooner or later, the tide is going to change, and it's going to come back down. That's the natural world you live in. Is anybody hearing me preach today? That's the world you live in. Amen. It's never steady. There's always a current pulling me. But thank God I got another side of me. Amen. And it is spiritual. Oh, is anybody in this house? I said, I got another side of me that is spiritual. Amen. And, and, and the word anchor comes from a Greek word that means to be bent, to have a crook in it. But it also means arm. So an anchor is an arm that allows me to reach into a realm to hold me steady in my circumstances. So in reality, oh, I'm going to help you before you leave here today. Yes, you're in the natural realm. And yes, there are winds blowing. Yes, there is a storm blowing in your life. Matter of fact, uh, the Bible says they supposing the wind died down and supposing they had favor, they pushed off the bank and headed to destiny. And the next scripture says, lo and behold, here came the Eurocladon. Can I tell you, your destiny is always under attack. My God, help me today, Holy Ghost. Yes, sir, as long as you stay tied to the bank, as long as you're not moving, as long as you're not trying to see the kingdom of God, as long as you're not trying to see the supernatural, as long as you're content with where you are, and we're just going to tie up here to the bank. I ain't preaching to everybody, but I'm preaching to somebody. Amen. As long as you're okay with going nowhere, as long as you're okay with doing nothing, amen, you're pretty safe. But the minute you shove off the bank, Come on, live church, we're going to Rome. The minute you shove off the bank, there is a Eurocladon that is coming to get you. I said he's coming to get you. He is a killer of destiny. It's a tempestuous wind. And it's trying to stop you from getting where God wants you to go. And it's beating against that ship. Are you listening to me? Amen. And not only that, they just come out of one storm. Has anybody experienced one storm after another lately? Has anybody experienced, my God, I can't even get no rest. Matter of fact, the Bible says, uh, Brother Kenny, y'all still with me this morning? The Bible says that the, the, they had just come through a storm that really beat them up bad. And they could see this thing ain't over yet. But they could not bring that thing to bank because they was afraid of quicksands that would pull them down. So men now are tying ropes around their waist and they're diving off the side of the boat. And they're going down under the boat. And they're coming out the other side. And they're throwing ropes up saying we got to undergird this thing. How many knows what it's like when you don't get a chance to rest? You 
don't get a chance to stop. You got to work on yourself while the storm is blazing. You got to work on yourself while, God, I'm going to preach today. You got to work on yourself while the wind is blowing and lightning is flashing. Tell your neighbor, undergird it. Undergird under my God, please at least let the thing stop. Let it stop and we can fix the ship. But no. No, you're fighting the elements just to stay afloat. But faith says, we're going to beat this thing. We're going to beat this thing. Faith said, undergird the ship. Undergird the ship. Oh, my heart. I have felt the Father's heart for you all week. Some of you are in a storm right now. <laughs> You don't know if you're going to make it out. That's why it's so good to be connected to the right community. <laughs> they're under there and they're strengthening the ship. I need to, I, in a time like this, Kitty, I got to be connected with people who's not saying, let's escape. I got to be connected with people that's saying, amen, that's not saying, let's bail out and leave it with them. I need some people that's diving off the side, said, I got the time. I'm going to get the rope if you get on the other side. My God, is anybody listening to me? I need you, Helen, to go to the other side of the ship. I'm going to dive off and I'm going to come up and I'm going to throw you the rope. We got to work together to save the ship. I don't need these wimpy soldiers. It's, let's play like God has called us somewhere else. Let's play like we're going to drop anchors. Let's play like we're hipping. Amen. But we leaving. I'm so glad to be a part of a community that says we know this thing is going down. We know this thing's about to go through a storm. But I'm telling you this. Amen. We're going to fight together. We're going to work together. Get on the other side. I'm going to throw you. You got to be in the right community. Not, 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 not only... Was in the right community. But Paul, oh, I wish I had some better props. I mean, Paul is standing up on the bow of the ship now, holding on to the sail. Yeah, Courtney, I know I'm probably going to break it, but I'll buy another. Take it out of Josh's check. <laughs> he's holding, he's holding on and saying, hey, guess what? I heard from God. When I'm going through what I'm going through, I need to be in a community that can hear what I can. I need to be, I need to be under the leadership. I need to be with partners who can see what I can't see. I, they're in God, I can't preach it like I feel it. I need a Paul that's saying, don't worry about it. We gonna make it. And all of a sudden, these big burly soldiers, I guess all soldiers are muscled up. 
That's why they look in my mind. <laughs> they all muscled up and they strong. They crying now. They crying. Oh my God, we're gonna die. We ain't gonna make it. Amen. Let me tell you, real strength ain't even manifested till the storm comes. Anybody can act strong, play strong, talk strong. Is anybody listening to me? But it's in the storm. You'll find a little old frail Paul saying, Be of good cheer. God has spoken. To me. <laughs> he spoke to me, guys. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We all need it sometimes. I'm a pretty stout guy. I mean, not physically. Why was that so funny? That was her. She bust out laughing like, yeah, right. But every now and then, amen, I need, I needed Jennifer to leave her job. <laughs> a day I was going through something, I'm just going to be vulnerable. I ain't going to lie to you about it, amen. I was going through a storm and some things happened. And, and usually what hurts me the worst is when it's someone else involved. You know, I can handle it. Amen. And I was sitting in my office weeping, thinking, God, can you please stop this? Because I've had enough. I've had enough. <laughs> she left her job coming over the little shorts on and boots. It's the cutest thing. Amen. Mud all over. Amen. Walked in my office and looked me in the eyeball and said, we going to Rome. Now, now that didn't, she don't even know what she was talking about, amen, as usual. But she didn't know what she was talking about, amen. But where's Rosetta? Amen. You guys, I don't know if y'all remember this, amen. Fort, uh, 14 years ago, I'll be here 15 years this year. 14 years ago, my first inauguration message in this pulpit was titled, We're Going to Rome. And the word Rome means it's Rome and it means strength. And I preached in this, y'all remember? That ain't all. She said that, didn't know what she was talking about. I was writing it down on my, oh my God, I remember that word. It was prophecy 14 years ago. The next day, Rosetta texted me and said, Do you remember the message? We're going to Rome. I just fell out. I just fell out in the spirit. <laughs> I said, Rosetta, find me some notes. I don't remember the message. Find me some notes. I just remember I prophesied to this church, we're going to strength. And I'm telling you, I preached. We're going to go through some hell. We're going to go through some storms. We're going to crash some things. We're going to lose some things. But I prophesy, we are going to strength. Somebody prophesy with me. We are going to strength. Why don't you say, stand up all over and pat yourself and say, Ah! Somebody say it. Ah! Ah! I am going to Rome. You got to prophesy right now. Prophesy right now. I'm going to strength. I'm weak right now, but I'm not staying on this island. I'm going. I can't. I don't know what to do. Somebody shout in this place. I'm going. Hey. Don't judge me by where I'm at. Don't you judge Life Church for where she's at. Because God gave me this word 14 and a half years ago. And he reminded me, Jennifer ain't been saved. You are saved, right? 
She ain't been saved but six years. Hey Amen. This thing probably ain't even recorded. It's probably on cassette or something somewhere, I reckon. And I said, you have no idea what you just did. Paul, just like faith preacher, y'all sit down if you want. Just like a faith preacher, you're going through hell and high water, and he's standing up saying, be happy. Be happy. <laughs> be happy. Be of good cheer. Because God said, my destiny has not been aborted. Your destiny has not been aborted. You're the, pl the plan of God in your life. Brandon, it's, it's not been aborted. It's hard sometimes when you're sitting there going through what you're going through and Paul is standing up at the bow of the ship saying, be happy, be of good cheer. And then he gave his basis for his happiness. It certainly wasn't the conditions didn't change. It wasn't that the conditions changed and then he started getting a little, are y'all with me? Come on, pray for me today. Matter of fact, the Bible says, they said, we're, we're not going to make it anyway. Let's throw the tackle over. <laughs> Amen. Let's throw the tackle over. Because <laughs> the Bible says, if you was a seaman, you didn't have a GPS. Your GPS was the sun and the stars. And the Bible says there was no sun nor stars for many days. So anything that could have produced hope was taken out of my life. I'm not preaching, I'm reaching, I'm reaching, I'm not preaching, I'm reaching. Anything, any little glimmer of a star shining through to give me something to put my faith on. We have drawn the line and now I have no physical source, I have no visible source, I have no help, I have no hope in nothing but I believe God. That it will be what he said. I'm so glad he wasn't a prosperity preacher. I'm glad Paul wasn't no prosperity preacher. Because he said that's the good news. <laughs> but let me give you the bad news. We're going down. We're going to be cast on a certain island. I want to help somebody right now. You're getting discouraged. Because <laughs> you know where you're supposed to be going. You read your Bible. You know what it's supposed to look like. Amen. But sometimes it don't look like you thought it ought to look. I just need y'all to know. God spoke to me, and I'm going to Rome. And I got good news for all y'all. God said, everybody with me? Going to make it. I like it. Look over to your neighbor and tell them you're in a good company. Because if you're hanging with me, Oh, somebody help me. I may, oh, God, can I preach? Can I encourage you? If you're going to hang out with somebody, hang out with somebody who's got destiny in their life. 
hang out with somebody that's got an anointing on their life. Draw from somebody that's going somewhere in the kingdom. Oh, oh, Pharaoh said, I know why I'm blessed because Joseph is here. Joseph is here. Paul said, let me give you the bad news. We ain't going to get there on the ship you thought you were going to get there on. And you're freaking out over losing something that God knew you'd never make it there with it in the first place. Now, you got to stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Because God never takes the thing unless he's taken the lesser to give you the greater. But we will fight to keep the lesser because the lesser I'm preaching. I'm not preaching, I'm reaching. Because the lesser is all you've ever known. And God's trying to shake your lesser apart because he's got the greater tied at the bank where he's taking you. Oh, somebody help me. Because the ship that was tied at the bank was Castor and Pollux was the sign. And it actually means heavenly twins. It is actually, uh, uh, in, 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 it actually is a sailor's guardian and direction was on that ship. So what God was saying is, I got twins waiting on you. I got a double portion blessing waiting on you. But you're so enamored with the lesser. I can't get you the greater. Oh my God, I'm preaching. So I'm going to crash the lesser and give you the greater. Paul said, y'all be, be in good cheer. I had a visit tonight. Ain't it amazing how God can visit you in your darkest hour? Amen. Don't count him out. He can visit you when you are at your lowest. He can give you direction at your lowest. So they started dropping. They started sounding. Checking the depths. Said, oh, my God, Paul. Oh, my God, that wind is taking us to the rocks. Y'all still Okay. It's taking us to the rocks. And the Bible says, fearing lest they should be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors and went to praying for the day, praying for some daylight. Somebody say, drop the anchor. Drop the anchor. Drop the anchor. Kenny, when I'm moving, I don't need my anchor. When I'm progressing, I don't need my anchor. I love those times. Me and Patty, we just like to cruise in my boat. That blonde hair's popping. Them blue eyes. Ooh. Ooh, I know I married up. Them blue eyes are shining. She's, she's kicked back, got them cool shades on. I saw her eyes before she put them on, but she had on them cool shades and them little toes are sticking up. Yeah, I'm getting caught up here, baby. She said, she said, drop an anchor, dude. And we just cruise. Don't you love it when you get to cruise? Don't you just love it when you don't really need a whole lot of faith? Because current's just taking you. 
I just love it. But there comes a time in all of our lives that I am being beaten and broken and sh shattered. And there's a surge that keeps filling up my ship. And what's supposed to stand above the water is being pressed down under the water. Talk about your faith. And I'm just struggling. So we had to drop the anchors. When you drop the anchors, your mobilization is over. You ain't moving. You ain't going nowhere. And what's crazy is there's still a certain amount of susceptibility to all that's going on in this realm. The only difference now is this thing is not finna push me against them rocks. I need to help somebody right now. There is always a time, Fluky, your message. When you've done all you can do to stand, just stand. There is a time. Don't get discouraged when you're no longer cruising. You're just standing. Life Church, pray for me. My Lord, pray for me. I'm talking to somebody right now that's beating yourself up because you ain't running 100 miles an hour right now. There's a time in all of our lives where we just have to drop all the anchor. You're in a four-anchor storm. And I know the ship is still flopping and flailing. Amen. But this is a season where you're trusting the hope you have in you. You're trusting the faith you have in you. And you're just hanging on saying, I'm out of control. I can't steer this thing. I can't make it go where I want it to go. So I'm going to stand until this thing is over. It's okay. Am I helping anybody? It's okay. It's okay. There's no shame in it. There's no shame in it. I, I need to throw this in here right here. That I'm up here in this rim. But there ain't nothing sturdy in the rim I'm in, so I got to. Ooh, yeah, I felt that. I'm going to throw it into a realm I can't see. And I like what Paul taught me. He said, he said, this anchor. <laughs> My wife's saying, stop it. This anchor that Paul wrote about, he said, it's not like the anchor on your boat. Your anchor goes down and attaches to something solid. Your faith goes up. And it goes into an unseen realm. I'm trapped in this realm. But thank God I got an arm. Thank you. I got an arm that'll reach out of this realm where all I can see is destruction and lack and men crying and men swearing and, and discouragement. But Paul said you have this hope as an anchor. And it goes in to another realm. It goes in behind the veil of what your eyes can see. And it attaches to Jesus. You see, the thing about an anchor, it's, it's only as good as what it's attached to.
Amen. What is your faith attached to? If it's attached to anything you can see, you're in trouble because the storm's going to take it all. <laughs> I got to tell the truth. The storm can take it all. You remember, baby, when the storm came? We were new converts and it took it all. It took my house. I was so proud of my little single wide mobile home. Just got married. I bought her a big fine mobile home, 16 by 30. <laughs> uh, no, I bought, I got, I, I, I went all out. I got an 80 footer. Remember that, babe? We were so proud of that little house. And we partied in that house. Remember them parties we threw? I'm just going to be real. Yeah, she ain't always been a saint. She loved Tickle Pink. Remember them parties we'd have? All my friends come. We'd party. We'd race up and down the road out there. Lived in the country. We were heathens, y'all. We would play chicken in our cars and trucks. Oh, God, Stephen, you shouldn't be hearing this stuff. <laughs> my grandkids here. <laughs> And, and we, we were just heathens, making a lot of money. Remember all that? Making a lot of money. I was working in oil field, making a lot of money. Had plenty of money to party. Well, we fooled around and got saved. As long as, I'm just telling the truth. As long as we weren't going anywhere, as long as we weren't impacting lives, as long as we wasn't building the kingdom, the devil was saying, go get them. Go get them. But we got saved and pushed off the bank. And when we shoved off the bank, that was in 83, I graduated. Anybody remember? 84, 85, 86, the oil field crashed. <laughs> she don't. She wasn't born yet. Crashed. I didn't have no money, and I never been without a job. But I didn't have no money. I don't know what's worse: having no job and being without money, or being without money and working every day. It just adds to the misery. <laughs> I was driving seventy-five miles one way to work, making minimum wage, trying to make it, and uh, uh, I. Uh, I had a shin splint. Anybody know what shin splints are? I ain't never heard of shin splints. But I was working on assembly line folding boxes. <laughs> Full of the Holy Ghost. Witnessing to everybody on the job. <laughs> I was so on fire. Wasn't we? We, were so, we'd, we, had, uh, we had life groups when life groups didn't have a title. We just had Bible study every night. Stay up till 12, 1 o'clock, get up morning. Are y'all still okay? I'm going to get back to the ship in a minute. <laughs> And uh, I was driving 75 miles one way, dearly, and working all day on cement, and I would roll in the bed at night with shin splints. They say that's when the muscle pulls away from the bone or whatever because of the cement, you know, and, and losing everything I got, <laughs> everything we got. I saw them pull up in a record. I bought, I, I bought me a new truck back then, 1985 Chevrolet, short wheelbase, blue. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to have that bad boy again. Hey, Amen. I had that bad boy. I was so proud of it. Are uh, you listening to me? But the storm just kept raging. And it just kept raging. And me and Patty was looking out the window when they hooked on to her. Are you listening to me? They hooked on to her and hauled her off. 
Oh, they're off. What long? <laughs> Here they come after that mansion I'd bought. <laughs> I'd done moved from Batson behind Mama. I'd live behind Mama on Mama's property. <laughs> Amen. And here they come and got my house. <laughs> They got my house. We was losing everything we had. Uh, we didn't have no money to buy anything else. I'm just testifying, y'all. So I rented my first house. I rented a house for Patty. We didn't have no kids, did we? Did we have Lacey? Lacey, yeah, we did. We had Lacey. Amen. We rented a house. And <laughs> I was so proud. No, we moved in with Ma in law. Oh, thank you, His Christ. His Christ. Oh, when I look back at the miracles. <laughs> We living with Ma and Law and Paul and Law saved. Are you listening to me? Amen. But we were so on fire for God. Nobody ever told us we were supposed to be depressed. They hadn't taught that class yet. Amen. Are you listening to me? We were still on fire for God. Amen. And I, I bought her a little house, rented a little trailer house. Amen. I come back from work the first day and she was, she had uh, Lacey in her arms was up on the couch with her feet under in her night clothes I worked all day she's still in her nightgown and I walked in and said what in the world are you doing she said rats there's rats everywhere they're everywhere. Rats are running. Didn't it happen? Amen. I'm talking rat infested. I mean, they'd, they'd come out and wave at you when they took the baloney. <laughs> we appreciate y'all for moving in. We ain't ate this good in a while. Oh, are you listening to me? We were losing things. I come to tell somebody we were losing things. But there was one thing we never lost. I never lost lost my anchor. We never lost our faith. We reached into another realm and we were being held steady. They said we probably, are y'all still okay? They said we probably ain't going to make it out of this so let's throw the tackle off. Not the necessities, the tackle. Ain't it amazing how storms can reprioritize your life. All that stuff you thought was so important, when you don't even know if you're going to make it out or not, all of a sudden, throw it out. Matter of fact, all it is is extra weight that's pulling our ship down. God, if I had time to preach. <laughs> Uh, I guarantee you, at that moment, amen, we was barely keeping milk in our refrigerator. We sure wasn't worried if it was Nike shoes or anything else, amen. All oh, your priorities change. Amen, he'll pull you to the place, Lacey, where you have to draw the line and cross the line. And it got so bad, they said, well, let's throw the food out. But here, here, I got to get this in here before we quit. Are y'all still okay with me? Paul said, drop the anchors. He just told them, now, we're, we're about to crash. I'm telling y'all now, this ship's going down. But he said, get out the bread. Get out the bread. Y'all have done without enough. 
We're going to break bread and we're going to eat bread. And the Bible, here Paul is standing. I wonder how they did that. Uh, it's one thing to stand behind the communion table when everything is fine and break your bread. Amen. But you'll know where your anchor is when you can break bread. <laughs> I said when you can break bread and your life is being turned upside down, you'll know when you open up your Bible to eat and the storms, I'm going to preach till you get it, and the storms are raging. But Paul said, can I help you right now? Don't put the bread up in your storm. Get the word of God out and remind yourself what he said. I believe God. And the Bible says he broke the bread and began to praise the Lord. Uh, oh, we've had time to stop right there and let you know, David, you're going to have to worship when you're even writing. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I fear no evil because he's with me. Oh, I wish I'd been thinking, Rosetta, I'd got you to pull out that song. Remember that song you wrote in Habakkuk? There ain't no cows in the stall. The, sh the, the herd is diminished. The, my olive tree, my, my olives have dried up. Y'all remember those scriptures? He said, all everything's gone. My bank account is empty. Everything's dried up. And the next scripture says, yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Maybe you're seeing that you were anchored to the wrong thing. Because when you are joy, is your joy in your stuff? Or is your joy in the God of your salvation? Oh, I know I got to quit. But we ain't got to the island yet. Can we go on to the island? And the Bible says they were all strengthened. And they were all encouraged. Oh, my God, what a man, Rosetta. He's on a ship destined to be destroyed and he's still declaring the goodness of God. And here it came. They said, okay, there's, there's somehow or another they figured out there's a little lane coming in. Let's, let's let this thing run. And they run it up and then it's stuck and then the winds is beating it, destroying it. So it's a big ship, so they may be 50, 60, 100 yards out. I don't know. And it's totally destroyed. Paul said, okay, all you can swim, jump. <laughs> and go to swimming. I want to help you right now. Sometimes it don't turn out like you thought it would turn out. But it will always turn out the way God wants it to turn out. And here's the other thing that's so good. It will always turn out for your good. It's just hard to see. Some of them couldn't even swim, so they grabbing pieces of ship and broken pieces, and they're just paddling their feet. They're just paddling their feet. That's where some of you are right now. It didn't work out. It didn't work out like you thought it would. I just thought, sure, a great big miracle come, the storm would subside, and we'd just go right on.
But God said, no, I'm taking you to a hard place because I got something waiting on you. I'm taking you to the place where you have to cross the line. God, what I saw. You have to cross the line to where you have a different level of resource. And it's in the unseen realm of faith because you are attached to Jesus. Can I help somebody right now try to close this thing down? Paul said this is the reason you can be have consolation because he said with all you men it's a custom of us men that if I tell you I'm going to do something and you don't think I can I will swear by somebody greater than me. And if I can swear by somebody greater than me you find peace in that. Whitney's first car she didn't have enough credit to buy it. So she went in there and bought that car, and they were like, hmm, I, I don't think we can do business. So she called Daddy, and I walked in and said, I'll co-sign. And all of a sudden, the turmoil the salesman was in turned to peace. Because he said, I may not trust you, little lady, but he's got a good name. Are y'all with me? He said, it's an end of all strife when I can swear by somebody greater. And God said, so I, wanna, I want you to have strong consolation. I will work it out. He said, so I'm going to swear. He said, but I couldn't find nobody greater than me. So I just swear by myself. I'm going to bring you through this. See, we're preaching the wrong message. We're preaching to everybody. You're going to keep all your stuff and you're going to be successful and you're going to prosper. Can I tell you this? I started this series of messages out on faith. Uh, let them have the house, but don't let them have the faith. Let them have the car, but don't let them have the faith. Let them have all the money, but don't let them have your faith. He said, I swear by myself, I'm going to make a way. You may be able to go through a shipwreck, shipwreck, but I'm going to be in there with you. And so they got there, and then Paul gets snake bit. He shakes it off in the fire. I don't know if he knew it or not, Lindsay, but everybody was standing around watching him. He said, uh-huh. You ain't going to make it out of this one. Isn't it amazing? That's the first gospel message a snake ever preached. That snake was preaching what Paul could have never preached. That snake was preaching that God is greater than anything in your life. And the Bible says they, they was waiting and they was watching. Can I help you right now? What if your family's watching? What if your neighbors is watching? You're going through the storm. But what if people are watching? And they'll never know what you have. Until what you're in don't affect you. Said so they was watching and he should have at least swollen up. He should have at least threw a fit. Or died. But they said when they did, they changed their mind. I believe some of us is going to go through some stuff that's going to change people's minds. Simply by seeing 
how you handled it. And they stayed there three months, and the scripture said, and I'm closing now, the scripture said, they honored them with great honors, which means they gave them valuable things. Now we're going to preach prosperity. They gave them valuable things and then gave them everything that was necessary. They stood, Sister Beth. And as a result, they got stuff. They got their necessities. And God put them on a ship called Double Portion Blessing. And he went to his destiny. Stand with me all over this building. I need you to listen to me right now. I felt you all week. And I couldn't wait to get to you this morning to unload this and to remind you the anchor holds. I said the anchor holds. This life is going to be full of turmoil, Jesus said, but thank God I got a, an arm that'll reach into that other realm and it'll tie that realm into this realm and it'll hold me steady. It's your faith. I don't know what some of you are going through right now, but I do know this. I believe God. And you can let the devil turn this thing. Me and my wife could have said, you know what? We were better off. We could have said, we were better off partying. We could have said, we were way better off out there doing our own thing. We could have got mad at God. Where are you at? We give everything and now we've lost everything. But we knew we had destiny in us. And we threw our anchor. And it went in behind the veil. And I'm telling you right now, these kids, I think maybe by the time Josh come along, we had a little money. I don't know. I don't remember. It took a lot of money for Josh. But these kids never knew when we were going through hell. These kids never seen their mom and daddy sitting around the table with tears streaming down their face saying, oh my God, where's God? They've never seen it. They never, have you ever seen it? Have you ever seen it? Have you ever seen it to where we were looking for a, a skiff to get off this ship of Zion? they never seen it. And I'm not telling you we never had hell. But they never seen when we were going through hell because we had an anchor in another round. And I could stand and testify to you today. He crashed a few of our ships, Flukey. But he's put us on another ship. And we've make, we're making it to our destiny. I'm coming to tell you there's an anchor on your ship. You may not feel it right now, but there's an anchor of hope and faith on your ship right now. You just got to learn to use it. You got to learn to navigate when your ship comes apart. You got to know how to navigate when you're swimming. You got to learn to navigate when you're just holding on to broken pieces and paddling your feet. Are y'all listening to your pastor preach? 
Oh, it ain't all honeysuckles and roses. You got to know how to kick your feet. The bottom's dropped out from under you. But I stand before you as the Paul of your ship and say, I believe God. And I can stand and testify. He'll make a way. Now, if you're him making a way is rebuking the storm and you're getting all your stuff, you may miss it. You may miss he was trying to crash your little ship to get you a double portion. Oh, thank God, sometimes he says peace to the storm. But then sometimes he's trying to get you into destiny. Oh, who am I talking to? We're going to do a baptism, but before I do, who am I talking to right now? Who am I talking to right now that says, I need my faith renewed. I need my faith stirred. I, I need to drop my anchor. I need to drop my anchor. I challenge you right now. Come, Sister Courtney, come play. Sister Courtney, come, Courtney, come play something for you, for me. Come on. I want to at least pray with you because I have prayed for you. Let's say, my God, Pastor, I, I am in the middle of my Eurocladon. I'm in the middle of it. I feel an anointing for us. feel an anointing for you this morning. I'm in the middle of my Eurocladon. And it don't look like I thought it was supposed to look like. I felt like Jesus this week. Looking at old Peter and says, Peter, the devil desires to have you to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith don't fail. Everybody may look at Peter like a failure. Because he failed Jesus three times in one night. But if we're going to be consistent with Scripture, Jesus said, I'm praying for something down inside of you that everybody can't see. They may see your actions, but they can't see what's in you. And there's a faith in you that I'm praying for. And that faith, I'm praying it don't fail you. I, I want us to do something, I don't know, maybe silly, I don't know. When you come up, just hold the rope in your hands and Somebody else needs to come get a hold of this rope. Come on. Just, just get a hold of this rope. Because <laughs> your anchor, your anchor's been, you're realizing, I got something. I got something. I got something. I'm putting my hands on something. Paul used parables. This is our parable this morning. Isn't this cool? Come on. Come on. Latoya, you grab that anchor. I got something in my hand. I may be losing this. I may have lost that. I may be losing this. I may not. I may not make it with everything I thought I should make it with. But I promise you this. He said, be of good cheer. Because the Lord has spoke to me and I'm going to Rome. How many's weight? Faith has feel so weak right now. I prophesy that we're about to step into a prophetic word from 14 years. Do you remember that message? Oh my goodness. That I'm going to Rome. Daisy, if that's all you can pray.
if that's all you can pray, it's okay. You just prophesy, I'm going to Rome. The ship is battered. Your ship has been battered by the storm. Your, tail, your sails have been torn by the storm. And you may feel like everything is slipping through your hands right now. But I came to preach to you today, the anchor holds. And you ain't lost nothing if you don't lose him. Oh, somebody hear that? The car ain't nothing. House ain't nothing. My God, I know we got to have them, but I'm telling you, God to restore them. Just don't lose your faith. Don't lose your faith. I know everybody out there can relate to this message, but right now, if you'll begin to pray with me, I'm just going to join with these right now. Stretch your hands this way in the air on your chest. Pray for yourself. Amen. But today is a monumental word, a monumental time in your life. Get a hold to it. Get a hold to it. Get a hold to it. In the name of Jesus. I prophesy, I declare over you the title of my sermon, The Anchor Holes. I want you to see your faith reaching in into the heavenlies and your anchor is attaching to Jesus. And he is immovable and unshakable. My God, in the name of Jesus. Oh my God, that's right. Today is your day. Today, this can't be another message you have heard. I'm telling you, I didn't come to preach. I came to pour. I came to pour in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray strengthen our faith. Help my unbelief. Oh, Father, I'm going to strength. Maybe I had to come through this way to get strong. I'm being purged of weakness, my God. I'm being purged of weakness. I believe God. He said in Hebrews, they through patient endurance inherited their destinies. Hang in there. Hang in there. Don't you throw in the towel. Don't you bail out of the ship. Because except you abide in this ship, you cannot be saved. Paul said you got to stay. You got to stand. You got to stay put. Hold on to your faith. My God, baptize us in faith this morning. Oh, oh, at least something supernatural is happening even for you right out there where you're standing. Oh, I want you to see your arm reaching into the heavenlies and securing the world you live in. It's okay, Daisy. He didn't say we're going to make it there with dry eyes. It's going to be some tears shed. Gonna be some tears shed. But you gotta learn to worship him. You gotta learn to break bread while the storm is raging. Because it says, I believe. It says, I believe. Oh, I wish I'd have thought ahead, I'd have bought y'all a bunch of little anchors. You could put it on a necklace. The anchor holds. The anchor holds away with this prosperity preaching. Away with this prosperity preaching that says everything's just going to be laid out for you. 
God may have to crash you on an island because people out there need us. People over there may need me. And I'd have never went there had I not crashed. I'd have never went there. I wouldn't have been able to minister to them if I hadn't crashed. But now my crash, I can look them in the eye and say, I can tell you this. He's the God that'll pick up the broken pieces and get you to your destiny. My God, that you take this word home to your brother. I'm going to try to find you an anchor. Meanwhile, you can go get one off my boat and see in your mama's backyard. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Jesus. The anchor holds. You may not feel it, Latoya, but that anchor is in your ship. It's in there. You hear me, girl? It's in there. Bob says when you got saved, God gave you an anchor. He gave you a measure of faith. Learn how to use your anchor right now. That you, and, and see your anchor going into the heavenlies and attaching to Jesus Christ. My life is a wreck. Everything's turned upside down, but my anchor is attached to Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this Life Church podcast. 